Hey there, my name is Maya Kennedy. Let me just clear the air. This is a safe space where we talk about all the things, life, community, relationships, and faith, where we ditch what we put on our Instagram stories, learn to be okay with exactly where we are, and share that gift with any girl who will listen. This is where we share life, all the victories, big and small, failures that make us cringe, heartbreaks that make us ugly cry, and ultimately how God shows up in all of that. I firmly believe that in order to live our lives out of abundance, confidence, and grace, we need to walk in community. And that's exactly what this is, a community in our little corner of the podcast universe. So again, welcome. I cannot wait to share this with you. So let's get into it. I am so excited to introduce you guys to Rebecca Hoffman. Becca is passionate about relationships and loves the Lord with all of her heart and soul. And I am so happy to have her on the show today. Continuing the theme of February, we are talking about how singleness prepared her better for her marriage, how submission is a healthy part of her relationship, despite popular opinion, and what it's like to get married in a pandemic and have crazy letdowns leading up to the biggest day of her life so far. Guys, I am so excited to dive into this conversation. I learned so much in this conversation with Becca, and I cannot wait to share this with you guys. So with that said, here is my conversation with Becca. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Girls Room Podcast. Today we have Rebecca Hoffman joining us today and I am so excited. Becca and I have been friends for a really long time and I've been wanting her to come on for months now. So I finally got you. I cornered you. So. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. So I'm super happy to uh, hopefully share some practical advice and some wisdom on marriage, even though I'm still newlywed. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really fun because... There's being married for a really long time, and then there's this really special time of being newly married. And that's why I wanted you to come on, because there's so many things that have happened this year, and you've experienced them in a way that's so full, but so challenging. And I think you're just going to offer a lot of encouragement and wisdom to women who are going to step into this season or have just stepped into the season during the same exact time frame as you. And so I'm really excited. Well, thank you. Okay. So... Why don't you tell us a few things so the girls can get to know you? So where are you from? What do you do? And then tell us something you are super passionate about. Awesome. Well, I'm originally from Los Alamitos in California, born and raised. And I currently live in Huntington Beach with my husband, Nathan. Um, I work in HR as a corporate trainer. Um, it's a public software company called Altrix. My husband is a mechanical engineer um, for an HVAC company. That's like hard to explain, Woo-hoo. but yeah, he's an engineer. That's all that matters. Um, let's see. What is something I'm passionate about? I love being a homemaker. All things involved, whether that means cooking, gardening, taking care of the home, designing the home. I'm like a huge nester, so I absolutely love homemaking. Um, and then I think the other thing that I'm really passionate about is just women in general. Uh, Maya knows this about me, but I really didn't have a lot of true friendships until college. And so I think I just learned the value of good friendships because being bullied is no joke and being lonely is no joke. So having good friends, um, is so important to invest in and to value. And so I love women love women and it's just like so important that we um, encourage other women around us to to value those friendships and to really invest in them 
Yes, I so agree. I'm so thankful that, you know, our friendship has just been so fruitful. It's been amazing. And I don't know where I would be without you. So it's it's really cool. So. Oh my goodness, I you're so silly. I feel like it's the same thing. We uh you're one of my first like friendships. I mean, I know yeah. I've had some friends that like maybe started a little younger, like Victoria, um, but they didn't really like blossom until college. Um, but yeah, there's like it's really cool to see a lot of my like first friends in college still be here today. Like it just goes to show you that like true friendship exists, like and it's worth it. It's worth yes. putting the work in. Don't give up. You Invest. know, but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking to myself, we have to have you back on for a homemaking episode because I, I agree you're so good at that, like nesting and making a home feel homey, like with whatever you have. And yes. I think that's a skill. It yeah. really is. And then just your confidence in the kitchen and all these different things <laughs> that I do not have. I think we just make a great pair of Yeah, <laughs> I mean, homemaking is certainly not about having the most expensive things in your home. It's about making... It feel like a home for others, for anyone that walks through the door. And um, I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of, of that going on because we we recently just bought our first home. So Ooh, we're um, excited. I know. So I'm going to be definitely trying to ball on a budget. Come here shortly. <laughs> My gosh, it sounds like a new show. Balling yes, on a budget. Balling on a budget. Oh, Check gosh. it out on Netflix. Coming at ya. Okay. Well, Becca, again, I'm so excited. I have so many questions to ask you, and I can't wait to dive into what the heck is marriage? What are we supposed to be preparing our hearts for? I have a lot of women in my life who are in an engagement season or are in serious relationships, and I'm just excited for you to speak to those women, whether they um, are engaged or not, because I think in the back of all of our minds when we're in serious relationships is marriage, like marriage is around the corner mm. like and you're only single and I mean I'm thinking of singleness as you know you're not married so whether right. you're in a relationship or not in my mind you know you're still single yeah and so singleness is such a short period of your life yeah Once, relatively totally it feels like forever it feels like <laughs> it totally can be yeah whether you're you know 14 and just started your freshman year in high school or you're in your 30s still looking for, you know, that man that's going to be with you forever or I don't know, maybe maybe you're newly divorced and you're still maybe not as excited about it. I think there's just so many things that um, even people who aren't sure if they want to get married, hopefully this will be helpful for them. Because yeah. I think marriage, marriage deserves a new perspective. There's a lot of cool, exciting things about marriage and it doesn't mean like new perspective, like, oh, we're like, you know, changing marriage, changing the game. I think it goes even to like the biblical perspective. Like, let's go back into what marriage was designed for, because that is actually like a new perspective for a lot of people. Like, let's go back to what like marriage actually is supposed to be like. And it's actually very freeing, very liberating, very like comforting. It's encouraging. It's all sorts of good things. So I'm definitely excited. Yeah. And for my single ladies out there, including myself, it's totally normal and good and a part of who God is to desire marriage Absolutely. and to want it because God created that yeah. for us. And so if that's you, don't feel guilty for wanting yeah. it because God created it for us to enjoy. And so let's Let's jump into this. Uh, you've been married actually for almost a year now, but 
I want to start off by talking about how has your time as a single person kind of prepped you for marriage with your husband today? Because I, I always talk about on the podcast, like, do the work now. Don't yeah. wait. Don't wait till you're married. Don't wait till you find the guy. Work on yourself now. Like, invest in your relationship with God now. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think you were actually, even before you asked the question, you were talking about it, is it's not a bad thing to desire marriage. Um, I think it's a bad thing to desire marriage more than you desire God. So I think it's also like a heart check. Hey, are you content with where you are right now? I think contentment is something that I have fought for a very long time. And when I wasn't content with what the Lord had for me, I went and chased after things that weren't for me at the time that it wasn't for me. So I think it's super important to remember, like trust in God's plan for you if you're not married yet. Or, and you want to be soon, like, that's great. I totally agree with you. It's a great thing to desire marriage because marriage is still amazing. But make sure that, you know, your heart is in the right place, that it's not desiring, you know, this future life of yours um, outside of what God really wants for you. But then I think we were talking earlier just about how, you know, when you're single, um, you might like envision yourself as this completely different person when you get married. Like all of a sudden you're going to be like <laughs> the most amazing chef or you're going to be like the most clean person in the world. You're going to get laundry done on time day, right? <laughs> like it's, it, but the reality is that's not the case. Like laundry still takes a long time. It never feels like it's over, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that definitely feels that way. You might burn a couple meals. That happens. You're not always... You know, if you're not clean now, you're not going to be the super tidiest person ever later when you're married. So I think like you're saying, right, it's important to remember you should prepare now for what you want to be like in the future. So uh, if you know that you're somebody that isn't super tidy, maybe start practicing that, you know, whether that means making your bed in the morning or cleaning up your room when you get home after work or after school. Um, there's little ways that you can prepare for marriage. I think the biggest one is being consistent in the word and being consistent in prayer. If you're not doing that now, marriage is not going to help that. Marriage is a responsibility. It's a beautiful one, but it's a responsibility. Um, and so you're not all of a sudden going to be this like amazing Bible studier or this amazing <laughs> like prayer warrior all of a sudden when you get married. If anything... Um, if you're not consistent in that now, it can make it harder to do when you get married. So definitely important to remember that um, just because you get married doesn't mean like you're all of a sudden this changed human, pe human being. Um, so and true. Then, yeah. It's also important to know that you're going to be marrying somebody that also like is just as sinful person as you. So um, the expectations that you might have um, in like what that looks like is you guys are going to be learning one another. And a lot of that happens in the first year of marriage. Um, and so just even expectations for remembering that that own, that other person, right? Your husband is also going to come into marriage, not being the perfect person. Um, I guess the second thing in that is also, you don't know what marriage is going to look like until you're married. You know, you're going to, you're going to dream up this perfect scenario, but I almost want to encourage you, like, don't like, let it be a mystery to you. Let it be an adventure all in its own, 
because sometimes when we set expectations, so much so as women, like, you know, you dream up your, I mean, again, this is a whole nother combo, but you dream up your perfect wedding. We are going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about that. Okay, great. Because you dream up your perfect wedding and it might not go quite as you planned. <laughs> Um, and so it's so important to remember that those expectations that you have can be very different from what actually happens. Um, and so sometimes when you set those expectations and then you walk into marriage and it's nothing like what you expected, it can actually hinder growth. It can hinder your ability to see what's really going on and enjoy it or change it. Um, so definitely be careful of those expectations and don't let, well, not that I'm married, obviously, but (laughs) I think expectations, when I think of expectations, I think of new year's Eve, especially because we, there's something about new year's Eve news resolutions, uh, all of that stuff. We hype up this new year to be this, the best thing ever. And when we do that, we can get stuck in the letdown when it doesn't end up being something we expected. And so I would have to believe it's similar in marriage. Don't let the don't let the letdown of your expectation ruin the sweetness of what reality can be for you. Um, just because it's not what you thought it was doesn't mean it's still not sweet. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, marriage should really be about loving your husband more than you love yourself. And easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. if there should be any expectation that you set for marriage, it should be that that you are going into it prepared to love somebody else more than you love yourself. Yeah, let's let's actually jump into that. I wanted to ask you, how is marriage an act of selflessness and not an act of selfishness? Mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, we know this. We know that marriage is, you know, to become one. Yes. Now you have to consider someone else, their expectations, their schedule, their time. It's, it's so much different than being single when it's like, oh, I want to eat now. I'm going to eat now. Totally. I want to go out now. I'm going to go out now. Yeah. It's so different. So can you just talk about that? Oh, man. I think um, I'm going to be a little controversial here. I think something that is a little controversial in um, a controversial word, I should say, and when women hear the word submission, man, submission is one of those words that I think a lot of women are scared of or even upset by. Like, how dare I have to, like, submit to somebody else? Like, I'm my own woman. I'm independent. I can do my own thing. And you're right in a lot of ways. As a single person, yeah, you can run, even if you have roommates, right? You have your own schedule. You can go eat when you want. You can buy what you want. You can, I mean. You don't answer to anybody. Really? Yeah, truly. And so, um, I mean, you can get caught I think a lot of women get caught off guard sometimes by that word submission and that we're being called to submit but what's actually surprising is the true definition of submission is putting someone else's needs above your own and so if you're thinking about what it looks like to submit really we should be doing that in all things like going back to one of my passions right loving women right taking care of those friendships that you have and really what a good friendship comes from is that two friends really should be putting their, you know, their friends' desires before themselves, right? So really, if you're already doing that for a friend, right, you know, there's sometimes your friend calls you late at night and yeah, you might want to go to bed, but you're going to pick up that phone and you're going to talk to them because they need you. It's like that could be very similar with a husband. 
let's say, you know, he needs you to go run an errand for him because he doesn't have the time to, or maybe he's not feeling well or whatever reason it could be. And you deciding to go run that errand for him is really you putting his needs before your own. I think we look at submission, even myself, I catch myself doing this like, oh, that's like, I, the idea of marriage sounds great and all, but that word submission, mm-hmm. I'm just going to ignore that for now, which is so <laughs> terrible, right? Because that's part of it. That's yeah. a huge part of marriage, this act of selflessness. But I had a conversation with Sarah earlier, and if you guys haven't heard it yet, I will definitely link it in the show notes. And she talks about not necessarily submission, but the same concept of with your girls, when you're living with other girls or just friendship in general, um, outdo each other in honor, out honor one another. And that's the same thing that you're talking about here is find ways to love your, your girls, or in this case, love your husband well by out honoring him, like try to outdo each other in honor. I think that's such a good way to practice now how to submit is, yeah, maybe you're tired and you don't want to clean the bathroom and it was your roommate's turn to clean the bathroom, but Mm she had a hard week or she forgot or, or even worse, she just ignored it, but outdo her in honor. She'll notice it. And that's like how you tangibly show God's love for your sister. So I just think anyway, that that's very similar. Yeah. I think, um, the difference in that is, and that is so valuable. Definitely. Um, definitely something that should be done, but something that's different between your friends and your husband is your friend could decide not to act that way towards you. And should they? Like, absolutely. I I hope they would. But the reality is your husband is called to do the exact same thing towards you. Mm -hmm. Your husband is called by God to also consider your needs, to consider your desires, consider your wants. Not that he's always going to do that. And not that you're always going to do that. I mean, I totally was that person that, like... (laughs) I walked into marriage thinking like, oh yeah, I, I love to submit. Like I, like I was the, I, exactly, I like laughable, right? Like I totally was the person that, thank goodness, I had good teaching on what submission was before I got married. Um, but I like thought I was going to be like queen bee at like knowing how to submit. And the reality is like I wasn't because submission is hard. It's not easy as like a selfish human being to put somebody else before yourself. It's not. It's all not the easy. time. All the time. Yeah. But I think what's cool is that in a good marriage, that happens both ways. Like it's a two-way street. Your husband should be doing that for you. You should be doing that for your husband. Sometimes your husband's doing it more for you. Sometimes you're doing it more for your husband. So the reality is it doesn't always, it's not always a perfect like scale, um, but ultimately um, you know, you guys should be both doing it. So, um, but definitely don't go into marriage thinking that you're going to be like the best person at submitting. (laughs) You learn better. (laughs) Yeah. You, you really would learn right away. Right. So, I mean, the one thing I'll say about being a newlywed is, um, as like, um, marriage is amazing. It's so amazing. But one of the things it's so great at doing is really taking a mirror to yourself and really showing you um, all your own flaws um, because you're with somebody 24-7. You like, can't hide. You can't hide from your own <laughs> sin. You just can't. And so whether it's your your husband pointing it out to you or like even while you're in the Word or just your own reflection, 
Um, if there's one thing you're going to see at the very beginning of marriage is just how sinful of a person you are, just how undeserving you are of God's love, but yet he gives the grace to forgive you, right? He gives you the grace to save you. And, and that same grace that you receive from God, you're supposed to, and you should bestow upon your husband and you should take that and understand that that is for you as well. And so I think, um, be ready. It's awesome. It's fun, but it definitely, there's a learning curve. A it challenges one. you. Challenges you a million percent. Um, because you're, I, I've never grown so much in my life. I think other than when I first got saved, um, Maya was there for that. So she mm-hmm. definitely saw the 180 happen. But other than, you know, that first year of being saved where you're literally such a baby, you're learning everything all over again. Like marriage is another one of those things that I can say I have learned more about myself and I feel like I've grown. I'm going to let Nathan be the person to say if I have or not, but I feel like I have grown so much just even over the last like almost year, just in terms of, yeah, what, like being a wife, it's, it's all new. It's all, it's all good though. Cause you grow and you learn together. Cause obviously neither of you have been in this position before. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's learning just as much. I mean, I've seen him, I've seen him grow in, in areas that, you know, when you're, when you are to become one, uh, there is this level of transparency that you've never had in a relationship. Um, so there are things in his life that I've seen um, that maybe I wasn't aware of before, but I got to see him grow. Same thing with me, right? He saw the same thing with me. I love that. That's so good. I, uh, wanted to kind of note too, when it comes to submission, I, this is how I understand it anyway, but we're supposed to submit to our husbands. Our husbands are supposed to submit to God in that we're both submitting to God. And I think that's where you're supposed to kind of take heart in that. Like, yeah, it might feel uncomfortable and awkward at first, but ultimately you're submitting to what God wants for your marriage. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I um, definitely a good point to make is, um, and why don't we do that right now? First uh, Peter 3, um, and I'll just read it for all of you. Um, Perfect. But um, it talks about what it looks like for wives to submit to their husbands. You can go on and read what it says for husbands to do with their wives. Um, but let's just read for our wives real quick. It says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. You know, I'm going to keep reading this first because it does talk about husbands, but this is helpful. It says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you with the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. All right, so that's 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7. We don't have the time to do a full-on, like, dissection. No, I wish we did. And 
there's a great sermon um, that'll have my link um, that is all about First Peter 3 and submitting uh, to your husbands and then also how husbands are submitting to their wives. But first of all, I just want to draw attention to the fact that it says, the first thing that it says is even for those that do not obey the word. So women, if you are married and you're married to a man that is unequally yoked, i.e. they aren't saved and you know that, do not let your words be a weight to them. Like mm -hmm. it says they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Their conduct really means the way that they act, right? The actions speak louder than words. That's exactly what this is saying. Yeah. And being won over really means saying that we're winning them to Christ, right? You want your husband to know Christ like the way that you do. And so... Um, and you know what a sweet relationship with the Lord provides. You want your husband to have that, but you don't need to keep reminding him of his sin. You don't need to keep reminding him of the issues that he has, the reason why he does X, Y, and Z wrong, or you wish he would do X, Y, and Z right. Like you don't need to remind him of that. It says, let your husband be one without a word by the conduct of your wives, being that that means you're respectful and pure conduct, right? So we want to be respectful. We want to be pure. It says even have a gentle and quiet spirit, right? Those are the things that God sees as very precious. And obviously by quiet spirit, I'm not saying don't you're speak. Mute. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that um, just it's gentle, right? It's soft. It's, it's loving. It's caring, right? You're endearing through those things. Um, with your husband. So I think it's also like first and foremost for those that have husbands that are unequally yoked, like you don't need to keep reminding them that that's the case, right? Just live your life according to the will of God and trusting yourself to God and know that ultimately like you by your actions are going to win your, win your husband back. The other thing that I was going to say is that, yeah, like you said, when we're submitting to God, or when we're submitting to our husband, ultimately we are submitting to God because God is our ultimate authority, just like our husbands have to submit to God. And and it's important to remember that, you know, there, there will be times and seasons where your husband will make a decision that you don't like. Um, and this is, I mean, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but this is why it's so important to have a man that loves the Lord and yes. <laughs> desires to be grown by the Lord. But there will be times even, you know, that God, or sorry, even that, um, your husband will make a decision that you don't like. And it's really going to be a true test of submission then, because submission isn't tested when it's, when it's. Easy. Easy. When you like the decision that's being made, you really get to do what you want, right? We just talked about that. That's like, that's basically getting your own way. Not that that's what's happening, but... Um, but it's easy to submit when it's going the way you want it to. A million percent. A million percent. So um, when you're looking at your husband and he decides to make this decision, this is a silly example, but it's in a book that I read. It's a real example and um, it's called The Crown. Um, and it's called, and her, the author is Nancy Kaser. Well, maybe we'll link that or I'll we will. mention it again. We will. She's amazing. Amazing. So it's not The Crown on Netflix. No. <laughs> no. I think I watched like the first season or whatever of that, or maybe the first few episodes, but no, it's not that. Oh my gosh. It's intense, it's a, man. Is it? Oh I thought gosh. it was. 
anyway, go on. I'm no, a baby. Yeah. No. So it's uh, The Crown um, by Nancy Kaser. Um, and she writes of this example. And we'll call it the jacuzzi example. And basically, it's uh, this example you read in the book where um, a husband really wants to buy the jacuzzi. And this wife knows that financially, it doesn't make sense. It's too expensive. What if it breaks? That's more expensive. Um, it can cause damage. And she's like kicking and screaming like, no, we're not getting a jacuzzi. Like, this is not going to happen. Um, and what you realize is even if you don't think that that's a great decision, right? Even if you know that's like passionately, it could not be any other way, you know it's the wrong decision, um, you really have two options. You have the first option is to go kicking and screaming um, and to fight your husband, cause conflict, cause arguments, cause disagreements, and your husband's still going to get the jacuzzi because he, he can, can and he has the money to do it. Maybe not, it doesn't make sense again, but he still can. Or you can go to the Lord in prayer and be like, Lord, I really don't agree with this, but ultimately I know you are in charge of my husband, not me. And so I'm just going to give this to you and I'm going to trust that, you know, you're going to work this out. And the reality is when you submit to that, right? Like, so you don't make an argument out of it. You just go to the Lord. You entrust it to the Lord. Your husband still buys the jacuzzi. If it was the wrong decision for your family, God is ultimately going to be the one that disciplines him. And there's still going to be a sweetness with your husband and you because you didn't hold on to it. You didn't get bitter. Yes. I think it's just really important that you are supportive of each other because neither of you are going to be perfect at any given point. One of you is going to let the other down. That's just kind of how it works. The last thing you want is your husband to feel stifled by you. Like, could you imagine walking around your home all day long feeling like you're walking on eggshells because you're so afraid to do something wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Why would you want to make your husband feel like that? Feel like, oh my goodness, if he ever makes a decision, you're going to like jump out and like have 20 things to say about it. different reasons on why it's not the good, why it's not the best decision. It's like, if he asks you your opinion, please, like it's important to share. Submission doesn't mean being like silent. Yeah. Yeah. It means, hey, share your opinions, but be ready to accept whatever decision he makes. Because I think that's something that Nathan and I have gotten so much better at is I'm definitely somebody who's like, when it says quiet spirit, I have to remind myself it doesn't mean be quiet because like I will feel bad by that because I like to talk. Like I like <laughs> to share my ideas. I You have good ideas and you, and <laughs> no, you do. And you also are a very verbal processor. You yes. are a verbal processor. Yeah. You want to talk things out. You want to be included. Yes. You don't like who likes to be in the dark? I don't know. Yeah. Not me. So Yeah, but I think it's like that was just a, a whole nother lesson. Um, we can definitely talk about that too. The idea of conflict resolution and mm-hmm. how you might have a very different conflict resolution style than your husband does and vice versa. But yes, like submission does not mean be quiet. It means, hey, be ready to share your opinions. And if you are a quieter person, prepare some opinions. Like your husband wants to know. He should want to know yeah. um, what you think. Um, because you, in a sense, are his trusted advisor, right? He's going to go to you um, and ask what you think. And 
Um, that's a great thing. It's also something to be careful of, right? Be very prayerful about what kind of advice or opinions you give to him because he's going to take them seriously. He's going to, he's going to think through the opinions that you have and he might make a decision based off your opinion and it could possibly be the wrong one. I mean, that's an, that's a reality too, that sometimes women are, maybe you're more, I don't know, maybe you're. Maybe you're more abrasive with your opinions than you should be. So be very careful when you share your opinions to make sure that he knows. Like it is just you sharing your desire, and if that's not something he decides to go with, that's okay too. Yeah, I think it's definitely something I need to grow in in like trusting that the decision being made is a good one. Like I'm so used to making my own decisions, and as a single person, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, when you get into a marriage, you there's more than one voice. And if you want your husband to be the, the man of the household, right? And right. I think a lot of Christian women desire that. They want someone to lead. I know I've said that forever, this idea that I don't want to lead forever. I don't want to make every single decision by myself or every single decision for somebody else. I want someone else to step in and take that role because I think that's how God designed marriage designed man and woman we each have our own roles in a marriage and sometimes maybe i have more of a say in this area and he has more of a say in another area but at the end of the day you as a christian woman i wanted someone to come in and lead and so i have to let him lead yes i can't all of a sudden (laughs) just say yeah i want him to lead and then i'm like but wait what about me what about my idea and so yeah just like understanding that this is what you wanted. This is what you asked for. So be ready to actually put it into practice and yeah, and be kind of be excited about it because if you're marrying a man who loves the Lord, he's going to take your thoughts and opinions into consideration. He's going to bring them to God and he's not going to leave you in the dust, right? Because then that's not really a marriage. No, he wants you by. Yeah, yeah, he wants you by his side. I think something that. Also, too, we need to remember is that God is really kind of giving us the better end of the stick, if you think about it, because for any decision, biblically, if if you are following what the Lord has intended for marriage, if your husband makes a decision that isn't right, right, like he's the one that stands before the Lord for it, not you, right? And I think that's actually a huge benefit that a lot of women don't realize is when your husband makes a decision, that's on him. He has to you answer, know, for, answer it. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't. So, I mean, that's a huge burden lifted off our shoulders. But with that, understand that's a huge burden on your husband's shoulders. And know that, you know, if he is a man following after God, he understands that responsibility. That is a huge task for him to take on. So make it as easy as possible for him. Um, to be able to lead his family. And he's going to want your support. Yes. And he's, because he's a man of God, he's going to ask you for, for your advice and your opinion. Because, yeah. right, he, you guys chose each other to walk through life together. You are doing life together. Yeah. Not he's doing life and you're, like, following him. It's like, no, you are walking together. And so in that, you get to be a part of his decision-making, but trust him with it. Well, that's even, like, sweet that you said um, earlier. You just said... You chose each other. Like, do not ever forget that you are married to a person that you chose to be with for the rest of your life. If you're married or if you're not married, 
you are choosing that person for the rest of your life. So I think, I mean, that's one, a gift that God gives us to allow us to choose somebody that we want to be with for the rest of our life if you do want to get married. But then also, too, like, don't forget that. Like, you guys chose each other because you are in love with each other. You desire to be with one another. And don't, like, don't let that fall in hindsight. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Let's let's kind of talk about this idea of choosing one another uh, in the same way of let's talk about what marriage is in the Bible. Mm. I've always looked at marriage as this this idea of I'm going to serve God better with this person than without this person. Mm. Um, and And that's why for me, I feel as if marriage is definitely in my cards. That's what I desire because I think I will serve better with said person by my side versus alone. But there's so many instances and we talk about this in another episode. Again, I'm linking said episode with Sarah um, (laughs) about how single people have a unique opportunity to step into what God has for them in a way that married people do not. Mm. Um, Both are gifts and, and both God give to us in a great way. And, and he wants, you know, us to choose that for ourselves. But if we do choose to be married, like what is marriage supposed to be? Mm. What does a great marriage look like with God? Um, we always say we want God at the center of our marriage. What does that look like? Can you talk about that? Well, I think, um, I think Paul even says at one point that it's better to be single than to be married. He does. Yeah. Um, but if you can't like, like if the fire burns within you, he says, no, go ahead and, and like get, get married. married. It's better for you to be married than to like burn with passion, right? Well, it's it's true, right? Singleness is such a gift. Um, and I think there is something to be said about that. And I don't know if Sarah talks about this or not. Um, but there's something to be said about the fact that sometimes we as women are so focused on wanting to get married that we're not enjoying singleness for what it is. We don't see it as the gift that it is. So if you are single, that means if you're dating somebody, serious relationship, not dating anybody, it is a gift. Like you are able to serve so well as a single person. Um, So yeah, I'm sure sure she talks about that. Yeah, we do. So good though. It's good to hear it in general. Yeah. It's something we need reminding of. Because if you're married, you're never gonna be single again. Yeah, that's it. it's it's over yeah Yeah. and that's like that's awesome too it's great to be married um I think I think ultimately if we go back to the first marriage that happened right Adam and Eve right the very beginning God saw that it was not good for man to be alone so therefore he created Eve and where did he create Eve out of he created Eve out of Adam's rib he literally like they now, obviously, like our, we are our husband's rib, you know, the reality <laughs> is sometimes your husband is married after you, so that could never feasibly happen. But this is looking at the first marriage that happened is, is super important because if you look at it, he, they are literally the same person. Like he made Eve out of Adam's rib. They are the same person. So um, that is, first of all, to, to know that like you are really made one um and so that is i mean again that could be a whole nother episode but the two of you have become one once you're married um the second is um if you look again at adam and eve uh, they receive the directions of do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil eve ate of of the tree 
and then gave it to her husband and convinced her husband to eat of it as well. The advice. The advice, right? <laughs> we were just talking about we that. We were just talking about that. It's so important to know that just because you are married as husband and wife doesn't mean that you are no longer a stumbling block to your husband and your wife. So that is the maybe the negative parts of marriage um, that you can be still a stumbling block to your husband. Your husband can still be a stumbling block to you in terms of like encouraging you to do like all sin isn't on the table as soon as you get married. It's like, no, like there's still sex, sin. Yeah, yeah. Sex is so sex is now a good thing, but it doesn't mean like, okay, go get drunk with your husband. Okay. Like go like, it's all these. okay because yeah. you're married. No. Yeah. So, but it's important to remember that like it, you guys are still two individuals that you know were once sinners and and hopefully now saved by grace the true design of marriage really is to be a reflection of christ and his bride and when i say that it um and in ephesians 5 it does talk about that in fact i'm going to get it up and we can we can read that as well um but it talks about uh you got it you're almost there yeah there it is okay um, it talks about how uh, we're as husbands and wives to display the gospel, um, which is Christ coming down, living a life sacrificially, right? He, mm-hmm. he lived his entire life to serve his people and then died a death to once again serve his people for all eternity. Um, and so that's what a husband is supposed to look like. Um, for his bride, aka the church, that's right, Christ in the church. And then the church, right, it talks about is to submit to Christ. And, and that's what a wife is supposed to look like, a wife that chooses to follow her leader, her husband, because that is what the church is supposed to do um, in following Christ. So um, without taking it out of context, let's just read it real quick. So it says, so this is Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, um, and you'll see how it displays uh, Christ in the church as it refers to husbands and wives. So uh, verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything uh, to their husbands, right? It literally is comparing and contrasting the two. They're, they should look the exact same. Okay, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, Right, just as Jesus is now doing this to the church, the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So it literally talks exactly about it through that whole entire passage about what it looks like for the Christ and and his church or his bride is often how it's uh, referred to. And then the husband and the wife. 
Um, and it does say in verse 32, this mystery is profound. I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church, and it's true. The mystery in how we are made one with Christ is it's profound, right? It is incredible to see how once you are brought in to Christ, once you are made new, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the old has passed away, the new has come, right? You are a new person. You're no longer that old person, right? Like I can't just go one day and say, I'm choosing to be unmarried. Like I'm choosing <laughs> to go back to my way of singleness. Like, no, it doesn't exist anymore. I am a married person and I will be forever from this point. Um, from April 5th, 2020 per se. And it's the same thing like when I became a Christian back June 29th, 2015, when I became a Christian, I was no longer that old person. I couldn't even choose to be that old person because Christ had made me new. And that's exactly what husbands and wives are supposed to look like. You are supposed to look like this new unit, just you and your husband, you're you're the family right you've left your father you've left your mother you're you're a unit you're a family now and you can't ever go back like there is no going back um and that's a beautiful thing and that's really what marriage is supposed to look like and and supposed to represent biblically as we talk about christ in the church i love that answer that's so good i don't think i've thought of it that in depth before and so i think it's just awesome you killed that. Um, Praise the Lord. Only, yes. only by his words alone. Yes. I kind of blanked out. What did I say? I, I know. You were like, wait, Holy Spirit? Who? <laughs> what? Where am I? love when that happens. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we've talked about this a lot, but this idea of we get to choose who we marry. Like, mm. this is somebody we choose to spend the rest of our life with. This is a choice. And then once we get into this marriage, and you, me- you mentioned it a, a little bit ago, but... Can, can you just speak to how maybe you and Nathan have handled conflict and how you mm-hmm. kind of have overcome some difficulties? I mean, you guys got married during a pandemic. There's a lot of stress and anxiety that can come with that. There, there's a lot we could talk about here. So yeah. choose what is most on your heart right now mm-hmm. to share when it comes to conflict, getting married during a pandemic, even just like going into what that looks like, your yeah. your idea of what your wedding day was going to look like, your honeymoon, mm-hmm. all these things, expectations, conflict. Oh, man. Go. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a loaded question. All right. So we'll set the stage a little bit and then hopefully that... Um, yeah, we'll allow the Holy Spirit to just guide me through what I should say. But um, so setting the stage, we got engaged in August of 2019, planned for an April wedding. Um, and then obviously COVID comes, right? I think it was like March 15th or 16th when officially like the world shut down. And it was the, that exact day. So we're, you know, less than a month away from our wedding. Um, originally set for April 19th when we got the phone call from our venue and they're like, sorry, like it's canceled. And um, I think we kind of saw the writing in the clouds because there, I think, you know, leading up to that time, there was still like, obviously the news, it was talking about COVID. Um, You know, it went from, you could have 500 people at a gathering to 250 to 100 to 50 to 10 to nothing. So Real quick. Yeah, real quick. Like, granted, probably within a matter of days. I can't remember because it all feels like a blur. But so in that part, at least I didn't feel like it hit me like a 
train or anything. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, not like the broadside of the barn. It was literally like, <laughs> I think that's like a, a little saying my mom uses, like, hit you like a broadside of the barn. Clearly, she grew up in Missouri, so that <laughs> just like, gives you what? some background. Don't know if that's a common saying, but that is in our family. Um, so, yeah, I had, like, the lead up into, okay, your expectations are, are being changed daily, um, and I think that that is even just a clear metaphor in marriage is that every day looks different. Every day. Some days are extremely hard. Some days you feel like you are just trying to get through the day to put your head back down on the pillow. Is that every day? Absolutely not. There are some days you literally feel like you're floating through the clouds and you're on cloud nine. Like, mm-hmm. And there's every day average days in that, right? It's like... It's all a new adventure every single day. So that's kind of what leading up to um, marriage looked like. And I'll give you an example of submission. I'm trying to not make a 360, but I feel like this is a great example. So we got in the call and we were trying to figure out what to do. Okay, so when do we want to get married? We had already been engaged for eight months. And I was like, I don't want to wait any longer. Like, right. I'm ready to be married. Um, and it's funny because at my church, eight months is actually a rather long engagement (laughs) where we have so many people, uh, that are engaged for shorter. And I know so many people have been engaged for longer. So don't ever judge yourself, your engagement, your wedding, anyone else, anyone else. No. First of all, yeah. Comparison is a killer. Yes. Comparison is the thief of joy. I was just about to say that. So, um, the first time Nathan and I sat down to talk about when we wanted to get married I was like let's do it next week because <laughs> I literally was like everything's already been stripped like it's gone so why are we waiting like and I if you are engaged you'll probably laugh when listening to this because you will at least every engaged person that I've ever talked to has talked about eloping at least once And I was totally the person that was like, let's just elope. Let's just run away. Let's get married. Like, I don't want to have to deal with other (laughs) other people's opinions, expectations. Like, I just want to be married to you. I love you. Like, let's just do this. Um, And so, honestly, it was kind of like the, don't get me wrong, it was hard because we had worked so hard to, like, plan a wedding. But it was kind of one of those scenarios of, like, well, guess God wants us to go elope, so let's go do it this weekend. And... Um, Nathan really had a hard time with the fact of losing the wedding. I had a really hard time of losing the honeymoon. Like I was at at work at the time was crazy busy, super stressful, obviously planning wedding on top of that. Um, and just, we wanted to start life together. It was like going to be the dream honeymoon. So I was just looking forward to that. So that was hard for me to deal with. The wedding was harder for him. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, and also his birthday is right around that time. And so, um, it was actually, I was like proposing that we would get married. I think it was like the weekend of his birthday. And basically this, this thing happened where he was like, no, I, I actually don't think that that's a good idea. I think we should wait at least one more week. Granted, we were still a month away from our wedding. That was the the original date. Yeah. So moving it any earlier was like a great idea to me, but I didn't see it as that because I got really stuck on like my way or the highway. Right. And, um, it was a true test of submission because it was the idea of 
God really teaching me that even if it wasn't what I wanted, it was going to be what was best for us. Even when I couldn't see it, I just need to trust that it was. Um, and we fought, like, I'm not going to lie. Like it was so tough. It was really tough. And so many tears, um, you know, I was trying to be prayerful about it, trying to like seek what was best. Um, and finally I came, I mean, I'm like scooting through time really quickly, but it, it, there was this moment where it was like a light bulb went off and I realized the only person, like the reason why we're having so much conflict right now is because I'm the one not choosing to listen to him. I'm not, I'm the one choosing to like, hold on to this, dig my heels into the ground and say, no, like this is what I want. And it literally was all that it took was me saying, okay, that's it. And like conflict over. And I had that light bulb moment and like I ran to the car because uh, we were at like a friend's house and he was going to call our pastor and talk to him about it. And then I like ran to his car, like opened the door and I was like, it's okay. Like, let's get married when you want to get married. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. We're still getting married. Like, that's awesome. And married, I think we ended up still early. two weeks earlier than our original. original date. And it's like, I, you just don't realize that sometimes, like, you're the one that's allowing Holding the conflict to continue. Yeah. And all it takes is for you to be like, okay. You have like, the power to end a lot of conflict. Yes. And I think when you realize that just like you have a lot of power to to start conflict, you have a lot of power to end conflict. Um, there is so much like freedom in that. Like you don't have to stay in that in that spot. And when you're wondering, like, well, why are we fighting all the time? Well, like, hey, are you are you being willing to like listen to? Are you listening? Are to you him? letting things go? Are you submitting? are you letting things go? Are you choosing to submit? Are you not? Are you? really thinking about him and what he wants. Are you looking at yourself for your own sin before you're pointing out his? So all in all, when we get to conflict resolution, all that to say, when you're, you're marrying a man that's not perfect, mm -hmm. I mean, go figure. You know that, <laughs> but for some reason, when you're like imagining your wedding and your marriage, you're thinking you're like somewhere in fairy tale land. Like this is going to be the most perfect thing ever. We were destined to be exactly. together. And like, it's perfectly imperfect. And I think, you know, you can find your own joy and excitement in that. But, um, yeah, your husband also didn't grow up in the same family that you did. Uh, chances are the family that he grew up in handled conflict a lot different than you do. Um, and that's something to keep in mind that he, like the way that you're raised really does have an impact on how you handle things, whether that be stress, anxiety, decisions, money, clothes, places to eat, to eat <laughs> good places to live, right? Like it literally will affect all, it those affects things. all of those yeah. things. And the biggest one is conflict resolution. And Nathan grew up in a home that was very much like, um, if there was any conflict, which was minimal, they would sweep it under the rug. It was kind of like, they just wouldn't talk about it, wouldn't deal with it. And not that that's bad, that's just the way that they dealt with it. Also, as I'm saying this, remember that one way over the other doesn't mean it's better than the other. It's just different and that's okay. It's okay 
to have different styles. It doesn't mean that you're right. It doesn't mean that he's wrong and vice versa. It's just different. And you get to create what you guys are going to do totally. moving forward. Like this is your family now. So you can't say, well, this is what we do. Yeah. No, that is what you used to do when you were a single person. Now yeah. you have to consider what does your husband want to do? Yeah. What do and you both want to do? Yeah. Talk you, through that. Yeah. How yeah. do you want to design your own family? Um, take the good, the bad, the ugly, learn from the bad, you know, ditch the ugly and keep the good. And like, that's exactly what we are doing, still doing. I mean, as we talk about buying a home, as we talk about potentially having kids, like you are going to start pulling those experiences you have from your family and choosing what you want and keep. choosing what you want to keep. And that's important to talk about that. And so, yeah, with Nathan gr- growing up in that type of conflict resolution style, I grew up on like literally the polar opposite. There's a lot of similarities between the way that we grew up. Conflict resolution is not one of them. Um, My family is very vocal, very like we are hashing this out, hashing it out right away. Like your emotions are very vocal. And again, not that that's bad. It's just different. And so, um, I'm when it came to us being married and any type of conflict we would have, I was a person that was ready to like talk about it. Like even if that meant fighting, raising our voices, um, like literally not backing down until it was resolved, that's where I was. Even if it meant like a little hurt happened during the like conversation, conversation. Um, I saw that as worth it to get to the end as quickly as possible. Yeah. Whereas Nathan really was like, I want time to think about this. I, I, even if it was worth it for him to take longer for minimal hurt. So it was just the way that we looked at it different. Yeah. Um, and granted, I will say he's grown, I have grown, and we've kind of merged the two. There are a lot of things now that I just don't even talk about because it's not worth it. Like, I, I, a lot of the times I'm like, Becca, you're just being emotional. <laughs> like, Relax. You're overthinking this. Just yeah. let it go. Like he didn't mean it. And then there are times where he has learned to speak up with things that maybe he wouldn't normally, but wants to bring to my attention. And I so appreciate that. Um, honestly, that was the, that was the moment I realized I was, we needed to like get married. Like, let's do this thing. <laughs> I realized, <laughs> um, unlike any other relationship I'd ever been before. Um, you know, if you guys know me, you know that I have like a strong personality. Um, in a great way. And thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But I'm, I am, I'm vocal. And I think in a lot of relationships previously, either a guy would leave me because I was too vocal or a guy would just kind of cower and, and like disappear. Well, no, no, no. They would like stay with me, but I was the one that ran the relationship, right? which is not good. Both are not good. And Nathan was the first guy to kind of call me out on my stuff. And then also to be willing to sit in it and like talk through it and like get through it. And the way like on any fight we had could be about anything. We always found resolution. And that was so different than any other relationship I'd been in. So I personally think conflict resolution is so important because like you said, you're with the person 24 seven. You need to make sure that you're able to work through anything. Wow. There's so much good stuff in there. (laughs) I hope y'all took notes because I wish I did. So, but I guess I can play this back. That's like the beauty of a podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, Becca, that was awesome. Um, there are so many things I wanted to ask you and we are running so low on time now. I just think all the things you've said have been so good and so helpful. And maybe a, a last question. We talk a lot about submission, conflict resolution. What is marriage? How do we come into marriage, right? Um, and if you could just give our girls one last piece of advice going forward into an engagement season, into marriage, into serious relationship status. I mean, choose one, whatever. Um, and, and what is your advice to them? Okay. So I'll give two, two pieces. One goes to the girl that's single desires a relationship. Maybe you are dating, maybe you're in a serious relationship um so single ladies single ladies those single ladies raise your hands up um (laughs) choose wisely choose the people you surround yourself wisely including men right like you want to find a man that loves god loves god more than you that is so underrated these days and it's so important that you find a man that loves god more than you he desires for your purity he, he desires to see you be grown and be sanctified. He desires to go to church with you, to serve with you. Like he has other men around you that love God. Um, and he has those friends that are going to be solid friends that point him in the right direction. Um, so definitely choose wisely. Be careful. If there are red sign or red flags that are signs of like, yeah, maybe doesn't have the best crowd of people around him, doesn't really open up, has never talked about the Bible with you, doesn't even have a, a, a church that he goes to. I mean, there's a lot of those things. Just take those into account and really consider, like, if you are a woman of God, you want those things and you're worth seeking for those things. God is going to bring you somebody amazing. You don't have to go out of his will for you to go find that for yourself. So that's for my single ladies. Second, if you are engaged, close to being married, or you are married, um, a lot of people that have probably been married longer than me already know this, but um, sex is one of those great gifts that God gives us. And again, I think it's a little controversial. So um, if you don't want to listen to it, you can just (laughs) skip through this if it makes you uncomfortable. But um, sex is not all about orgasms. And I think that's really misunderstood in the culture we have today totally yeah marriage is about intimacy with one person and sex is just a part of that so when you are learning one another you're discovering like your husband's desires your own desires like enjoy the adventure like the intimacy is the most beautiful part that god gives us as part of marriage it really does bond you two to one another, but don't put pressure on yourself. Release those expectations. Enjoy the process. Like we as women have very complicated bodies. Like, I don't know why God made us that way. I think <laughs> like that's one of the questions I'm going to be asking God, um, when I meet him, but, uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the process. It might not be as easy as you, as like our culture and society says it will be, um, and right. Orgasming is great, but that's a, that can be a byproduct. It doesn't have to happen every single time. Your body's not the same as your husband's body. Right. But 
what's ultimately most important in, in marriage and, and specifically sex is that intimacy is key and that you are, again, loving the person before yourself and that he's loving you before uh, he loves himself. So um, ultimately... We're back to submission. Back to submission. <laughs> Literally, what's with this 360? Um, but yeah, I just enjoy the process. Again, whether you're single, whether you're married, enjoy it. It doesn't last long. It all is a whirlwind. This year won't look like the next, won't look like the next. Like It really is just all a big adventure. So enjoy it. Mm, yeah, so good. Oh my gosh, you make fun of me so much because I say that and <laughs> I catch myself doing it now all the time and it makes me laugh. It's so true. Becca, thank you so much for coming on. Me badgering you for the last three months has totally been worth every text, every call, every mention. <laughs> I am so glad I did it because all the things you said, so good, going to bring so much wisdom and comfort and encouragement to both married, single, engaged women and I'm so excited to share this with everybody, with the women listening right now, I, if you guys uh, don't know already, I link everything on show notes. You can go on this episode to show notes and then click the link. It'll take you to the website, myckennedy.com. Becca will be linked. All the verses will be linked. You get the idea. Everything is going to be linked, okay? And so when you get on there, you can follow Becca and ask her any and all the questions you have. She would love that, and she is a perfect person to go to for any any type of biblical question. I am, again, just blown away by your knowledge and your willingness to learn. And this is something I've always admired about you is just your persistence and relationship with the Lord. It is such an encouragement to me and I love you so much. So um, I love you too. And honestly, any questions you have, even if I don't know them, stoked to go into the Bible and figure them out with you all. So it's been my absolute pleasure. I love you, girl. I love you. With that, guys, we will see you next week. Guys, you made it to the end, and I'm truly so thankful for all of your support. It means so much more to me than you will ever know. With that in mind, it would be so great if you could go and do two things. Number one, subscribe to the podcast. This just tells your iTunes app to download the most recent episodes so you don't miss a thing. No spam emails or unnecessary reminders. The app will only tell you the important stuff. Number two, rate and leave a review for the podcast. Just take a moment after this episode and write a quick review on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews make a huge difference and help iTunes suggest the podcast to new listeners. All right, guys, rant officially over. Thank you for listening. Whether this is your first episode or you have been around since the beginning, this podcast wouldn't be anything without you. I cannot wait to read your comments. Let's catch up next week. Talk soon.